Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Lauren Council from Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, and I have the pleasure of speaking today with Dr. Peter Leo. He's an assistant professor of clinical dermatology and pediatrics at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, and we are going to be speaking on the topic of pain-free dermatology, minimizing discomfort in procedures for children and adults. Dr. Leo, welcome. Thank you for having me, Lauren. So first, why don't you tell our listeners the advantage of having a pain-free procedure with your pediatric patient? There are a couple of important issues with pain during procedures. And first of all, pain by itself is something that we want to avoid pretty much at all costs. It's not something pleasant for anybody, so we want to do everything in our power to minimize that discomfort for the patient. But maybe almost as important is the fact that when you decrease pain and anxiety in your patient, the chance for procedural success improves. And that's a win-win for everybody. The patient's not feeling pain, the family's not stressed out, particularly in the pediatric population, and you as the provider now have a much more exciting chance of getting that procedure done correctly on the first try instead of torturing the patient over and over. Sure. And there are a lot of things that sort of interplay when doing a procedure on a patient in the outpatient setting while they're awake. Pain certainly is a very big component, but there's also fear, the fear of pain and and other anxiety. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. One of the things my wife says a lot is pain is inevitable but suffering is optional. So the nociception, that painful stimulus, we're gonna talk about the fact that maybe it isn't even truly inevitable. We can do things to mitigate against the pain, but there's that second part, which is the fear and anxiety that comes along with a procedure and feeling that pain. And so we wanna actually address all of those pieces. We wanna try to minimize the painful stimulus, but we also wanna use everything in our power to set up the environment so that we maximize the feeling of relaxation and distract the patient from feeling and thinking about that pain. So scientifically, what exactly is pain? Pain is very interesting because it has been studied a lot, but there are still mysteries. We know that pain and itch have something in common. And in fact, we're studying more and more that a lot of our patients, for example, with atopic dermatitis who complain of itch also complain of pain. And so that's one of the current hot topics, I think, in in some of the diseases that we are thinking about is mostly being itch. So there's some overlap, but pain is really the transmittance of the signal down specified fiber are kind of two fibers that transmit the pain that then come to our spinal cord and our brain and say, hey, this is a painful stimulus. In theory, that's connected with something that's causing tissue damage in some way, shape, or form. So pain exists to help keep us out of trouble. If you touch that hot stove, you feel the pain, you pull back. If you touch something sharp, you pull back. But in terms of a procedure, it's something we want to minimize or overcome so that we can do what is medically necessary to move forward. Is there any scientific evidence that minimizing or eliminating procedural pain can result in long-term advantages for a patient? There definitely are. Some of the interesting work has been in babies who are getting recurrent and repeated procedures, for example, heel sticks in the neonatal intensive care unit or newborn nursery. It turns out that kids who have had painful procedures build stronger fiber pathways for the transmittance of pain and actually seem to perceive pain more intensely later on. So there's a growing body of evidence that actually doing things to minimize pain, particularly in developing nervous system, may actually help make people who can handle pain better when they're older. Whereas if you don't, one of the pieces that comes up in our presentation is that in the old days, pediatricians used to say, oh, babies don't feel pain. They have an immature nervous system. They're unmyelinated. So do whatever you want. And it was terrible because those babies, now we know they definitely feel pain and these fibers may be strengthened by repeated actions of painful stimulus. 
What are some of the tips that you could give our listeners on how to minimize pain in a young child? So we have a few different things and a couple that I think are very portable and easy to do for dermatologists in particular is one, thinking about topical anesthetic. It's sort of an unsung little hero. It sits in a jar or a tube in most of our cabinets or in our drawers, and we certainly use it for certain procedures, but it's one of those things that has an incredibly safe risk-benefit ratio, a favorable one, so we can put it on, let it sit for 30 minutes or even up to an hour depending on the preparation, and it really can get the top layers of skin, maybe even down to 10 millimeters, fairly anesthetized, so you don't feel that pain when you do the first part of the next procedure. So topical is really nice. The second thing is we do a lot of local anesthetics with our lidocaine, and one of the key findings is that if you buffer that lidocaine with a little bit of sodium bicarbonate, you can really take some of the stain out of the infiltration phase. So kind of putting those two together, we can use a topical anesthetic to help with the needle stick when you're going to do either a venipuncture or going to give the local anesthetic next. And then you can buffer that lidocaine to take some of the acidity down and make that a less painful procedure. And there are some other tips too as well. Using small needle size has been shown to decrease pain and also injecting or infiltrating slowly and at warmer or body temperatures, correct? Exactly, all of those pieces. So putting everything together, injecting with a tiny needle, so 30 gauge if you can, going deep first. So it turns out if you infiltrate a little bit deep before we get that peau de orange, some more superficial infiltration, that actually is favorable. So go deep and then slowly pull out and then you can get your more surface or more superficial injection. Warm that up so a little pearl is you can just carry it in your hand for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. That'll bring it up close to body temperature that's less painful than doing cold injection and then the other piece I think that is nice to think about is if you have a patient who's very very nervous you can do what's called a saline kiss and this I learned from Dr. Melanie Palm who talked about it at a presentation where you would actually give them an injection of bacteriostatic saline which contains a preservative that's a little bit of an anesthetic but really shouldn't sting or burn you can do that first and then you can infiltrate with your lidocaine preparation well that's very interesting What if you're doing a procedure that doesn't require infiltrative anesthesia? What if you're using cryo, for example? Do you have any tips on minimizing the discomfort for cryotherapy? Yes, there was a wonderful pearl that I read about a number of years ago, and I've used it quite successfully in the past five years, where if you're going to do, let's say, an actinic keratosis, wart or a molluscum, or an inflamed seborrheic keratosis with cryotherapy, any of these more superficial processes, you can put a little bit of your topical anesthetic on, leave it on for as long as you can, wipe it off, freeze the area, and then immediately put some more on. So what I do is on my gloved hand, I'll put a dollop of the topical anesthetic on the back, and so I'll freeze, and then I'll put a dollop right on, and usually within 30 seconds to a minute, people say, wow, it's not throbbing anymore. And each cycle I do, I'll put another dollop on, and at the end, I'll even put a dollop with the Band-Aid. So this is really nice. The thinking here is that the ice crystals in the skin damage the, the ability to keep the drug out, so it enhances penetration, which is what we want here. And because we're using a tiny amount, we're generally not concerned about toxicity, even though the absorption may be higher. Well, that's a really good tip. Thank you. It also brings up a couple of other techniques which can be used. If you're infiltrating anesthesia, sometimes distraction is really important. Can you tell us different means of distracting a patient prior to doing the injections? 
Yes, taking the mind off of a procedure is really powerful and really important. And the story where this really comes out is fascinating, and it had to do with inducing kids for general anesthesia. When one of the early smartphones, the iPhone, came out, one of the anesthesiologists found that if she held up her iPhone in front of the patient's face when they were getting induction, which is normally a period where you're scared, you start freaking out a little bit, the kids would relax, they'd kind of focus on the video and go into the most beautiful anesthesia and be great and she wrote this paper up and this affected a whole area and kind of created this whole area of distraction it turns out now there have been a number of studies that show that this is a very real phenomenon not only is it real it can outperform some of the anesthetics that are used so this is a powerful powerful treatment and it turns out that active versus passive makes a difference as well what that means is that you can show someone a video that has an effect, but it's even better if they're actively engaged. So with all the smart devices and tablets and so on, there are neat apps for kids and adults that they can actually be totally engaged in. And it's pretty amazing. During our session, uh, Dr. McQueen, who's a pediatric emergency physician, shows some videos of people getting pretty painful procedures, and they're not even flinching. They don't even seem aware of the anesthetic where she's removing a foreign body out of a child's foot. The kid doesn't even flinch because they're so focused on their game. And of course, other things are happening too. They're using topical anesthetic. They're doing all these other techniques. And so what's amazing is when you put everything together, you can take a procedure that seems insurmountable. And I've had some of our colleagues in plastic surgery say, this is impossible. This kid needs to be under general anesthesia in the operating room. And we've done it in a regular patient room and the family looks at you and says, you're amazing. That is impressive. One of the advantages, perhaps, of being in an operating room is that you are alone with the patient. The parents are, are not there. And while some might think that parents can be helpful in calming their child down, some situations, they're also quite a distraction and they can make the situation worse. What are your tips for dealing with the parents? There's actually a whole literature on this, particularly in the pediatric emergency department where fast procedures are happening and sometimes patients are critically ill so the family can be in the room or asked to leave the room. And so parental presence can work against you. There's no doubt about it. And one of the things that I think comes up is if the parent is adding to the stress and anxiety. There are situations where I've called off a procedure because the, my patient's great. They're comfortable, relaxed, and playing on their iPad, but the mom is freaking out and sweating and getting clammy. And I say, you know what, this isn't going to work. Sometimes you can ask that parent to leave the room if they're another parent or family member to stay with the patient and sometimes you may have to call it off but unfortunately or for better or for worse part of our job when we're taking care of pediatric patients is we have to take care of the whole family that unit is sort of a package deal so you have to talk to that family first and I think make sure that everything is set so they feel comfortable give them a task sometimes that task is you're gonna hold the tablet so the patient can play on the tablet and work on this you're gonna hold their hand as well and help hold the patient in a comfortable position and so on giving them a job can also get them out of, out of that mode where they're worrying and freaking out about the patient. And when you are speaking with the patient and with their family, it's really important to choose your words wisely. What are some phrases that you might recommend avoiding? And what are some maybe better ways of saying common things? Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, we're taught to be very open and honest. We want to tell the patient what's going on. And so our instinct is to say, you know, this is just a small needle. It's only going to hurt for a minute. Don't worry. It's going to burn for a second. But it turns out that kids kind of tune in to just those terrible words. And so they just hear needle hurt, burn. And it's 
puts them in a state I think that's really not so optimal for doing the procedure. So instead of saying things like that, or instead of apologizing, I'm so sorry to do this to you, I'm sorry, you know, I feel bad, those are probably not going to help. It's better to say things like, some kids say this tingles a little bit. How does it feel for you? Kind of distracting questions. You're not lying, but you're maybe couching it in slightly different terms or keeping the possibilities open. Instead of saying, tell me when you're ready, which is a kind of a trap because sometimes patients, I'm not ready. I need a glass of water. I'm not ready. I have to go to the bathroom. You can say, okay, I'm going to count to three when you tell me to count to three, one, two, three together. And then you give them a little bit of that control. So they're counting with you, but you're not giving them an endless open type of situation where they could go to the bathroom and try to go on a trip to France before they come back for their biopsy. (laughs) Well, thank you sincerely. You've given our listeners a lot of great tips on how to manage pain during a procedure, anxiety during a procedure, and just kind of how to make things go more smoothly for you as well. Do you have any final thoughts with which you'd like to leave our listeners? The only other thought is that technology has come to the rescue a little bit too, and it's kind of fascinating. There are a group of different devices that actually do some of these things all together. There are devices now that do vibration, which kind of distracts the sensation by that gate theory of pain, kind of bothers those fibers and interrupts them, and also have cooling directly built in, like with a cold pack. And this kind of device is sort of a quick and dirty shortcut to doing some of these things. But again, I like to layer them all together. So all the techniques we talked about to minimize using topical anesthetic, buffering it, going slowly and deeply, and then using something like distraction to get the psychological part out. And then finally, to get that gate theory of pain and cooling to slow down the fiber transmission, one of these little combo devices. They're not very expensive. We have several of them in our office. And so we have all these together to make a really, really great experience for the patient and the family. And people will walk out of your office saying you're a magician. (laughs) That's a great tip. Well, thank you, Dr. Leo, for all of your insight and your practical tips. We certainly appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you.